Welcome to HomeWise, a podcast of Highlands Ministries. Wisdom is essential in building a strong family and home life. Proverbs says that a wise woman builds her house and a foolish woman tears it down. I'm Steve, and I'm here with Kara Murphy, my wife and the mother of our 10 children, ages 3 to 20. I've been blessed with a wise and godly wife, and over the years I've learned that Christian women appreciate her perspective and need encouragement to rise above the folly of our culture and be home-wise. In today's HomeWise podcast, we're going to just share an experience that we have. And uh, we recognize that it's a little bit unique for the modern day, but we have four generations in our family that live on the same piece of land. And uh, we recognize that that's just different. It's, uh, I guess, was much more common years ago when people naturally lived together. They had to or chose to, but nowadays the common thing is to grow up, go to college, move away, and come back and see each other in the holidays or when somebody dies, you know. (laughs) (laughs) It depends on how much you like each other, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, our situation is very different. We recognize. And it's not, uh, it's not the kind of thing that we're saying everybody has to do. No. It's just something we've chosen to do. And, and really for years we know we wanted to do, but we had no idea if it would work out. And we, we thought, well, it sounds wonderful. Let's see if we can do it. And God's worked out the details, and now here we are. We have your parents, and you and I, and Rich and his wife Hannah, and our grandson Jed, all on the same property. And then just not far away at all, our son Luke and his wife Sabrina and daughter Liliana, and two more babies coming. That's right. So, yeah, there's a lot of us there. Yeah. Kind of reminds me of what someone said to us when I told them that I was expecting and both of my daughter-in-laws were expecting and they said, Oh, that's great. You know, that's weird, right? <laughs> but really it's great. It's yeah. great. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, Very weird. So we, let's start with, we know this is, this is not the norm. <laughs> Although I will say you said something that I think was key. It, and that was that we have had the desire. In fact, before my parents moved down with us and we built the house next door for them, we had actually invited your mom to come and live near us. We, oh yeah, yeah. You know, both of our, both sets of our, your mom and my folks were both in very good health and didn't need to move into our house with us. Mm-hmm. Um, although we certainly have tried to make provision if such a time comes that they need in-home care, how that might work. Yeah, and you know, my mom stayed home in Pennsylvania where she was cared for by her daughter and her granddaughter, who now has a daughter. That's right. Has multiple children, so four generations there as well. Right. So, you know, that that desire has always been there for us. Um, I think it was neat. Just the other day we got a video of our grandson walking, which is a new trick he's learned while we've been in Cincinnati, and I try not to cry because I missed it. But... um, we missed his father's walking, too. That's true. Because we were in Eastern Europe. That's right. Thanks. Now I'm really going to cry. 
Tell the that I'm pregnant. But there was a good part of this you were going to mention. What I was going to say was, what was really cool was he was at my parents' house. They were watching him yeah. so that Rich and Hannah could go out, which they don't do very often. But I just thought, how awesome is it? He is at his great-grandparents' house. Mm-hmm. And um, they're... You know, FaceTiming and videoing with, with us. That's right. Um, while he does all his little tricks and how, how very cool, you know, Lord willing that he will grow up knowing not only his grandparents, but his great grandparents as well. Yeah. And, um, and that I really think that's a great thing. Um, it's another reason to try to stay healthy. Yes. <laughs> yes. To so do our best within our, within our, uh, scope to do our best to yeah keep the stress down yeah <laughs> eat well that's right exercise enjoy your family for many more years that's right in um, god's providence that's right um so it we definitely we definitely enjoy it and there's real practical things that come about with it it's a lot easier for me to be involved in my parents health care decisions mm-hmm. to go to appointments and that sort of thing mm-hmm. Um, Which I know they really appreciate. Right. And, you know, as they as they age, there is an understanding that we're there to take care of them to the best of our ability. And if that gets to be too much for us, we can we can work with someone else who comes in and helps with that rather than the idea of, you know, you hear the, the you know, be nice to your kids are going to pick your nursing home. Oh, yeah. Um, that's a... Uh, that makes me sad to some degree. Yeah, definitely. Um, it makes me sad. It makes me sad primarily because most, if you go to most nursing homes, what you what you don't find is a lot of visiting family coming and going. Yeah. You see a lot of people who may have one or two people who come visit, but for the most part, they're retired to yeah. the nursing home and out of sight, out of mind. And think of all the wisdom that is contained there that is not drawn upon. And that's what I would say. I knew that theoretically that my parents had a lot of wisdom and, and we could draw on it, but having them live close by and be a part of our day to day life, I see it much more. I see us seeking their wisdom when something comes up with one of the kids Mm -hmm. Uh, you and I may have a very skewed perspective. We may be looking at a child and thinking, oh, he's getting this, this, you know, maybe he's he's being rebellious or he's being, you know, he's trying, trying the limits or whatever. And my parents may look and say, well, yes, but do you know how often he gets passed over in conversation? <laughs> or it just helps keep it in perspective. Right. You know, I'm just saying yeah. they, they may have a perspective that's... On the outside. Yeah. 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 Um, And yet, because they're involved in our day-to-day life, it's not like the, you know, they they only see these kids once every six months, and they come in and and decide that this is the deficiency in the parenting. And, you know, kids can often snow their grandparents for the short while that they're visiting for those few days. Yeah. So that's been a real benefit. And um, it's been, I think it has made us better parents. Oh, yeah. And then that also translates to, I think, our married adults have a real blessing because they have, you know, the benefit of some perspective from us, but also from 
my folks. Older, wiser grandparents. Right, who I would almost always defer to. And, and you know, there's almost always somebody there for them to talk to. Yes. Whether it's us or their siblings. Yes. Sibling and his wife or grandparents. That's right. It's really good. It's uh, it, There's also the benefit of multiple vehicles on the property when one breaks down. <laughs> <There laughs> or, is... la- or last week when three broke down. <laughs> well, there is a pragmatic aspect of living... Um, living all together, even though we're not all in the same house. And yeah. I think that would actually be more challenging yeah. because I do believe strongly that every woman who's married needs her own kitchen and <laughs> needs to be able to run her household in a yeah. way that's, you know, makes sense. And I think it's more challenging when you have to bring households together. Oh yeah. And whereas we have the blessing of having been able to build their house next door they can have the household schedule they want to have. Yeah. They can, you know, but yet at the same time, we're still very closely intertwined. Yeah, we're always available for each other for everything. Everything just as, <clears throat> as small as, hey, I'm down in town. Can I pick up something for you at the store? And if one neighbor doesn't have a bowl of sugar, the one just past them probably does. <laughs> That's true. You need it. That's true. <laughs> or a front porch with a rocker. Uh, <laughs> of course, mom and dad have the wide open space, so they've... we've lovingly dubbed their house the party house because they have the ability to have larger crowds set up. Yeah, we purposely built it with that. So, so maybe maybe we skipped over how we how we did this. I mean, I know that's a huge hurdle for people is how to actually make something like this happen, but <coughs> you, you mentioned that we had this vision for a long time. Yes, and, and we talked about it. 15, no, longer than that, 17 years ago, we were already thinking we have to live like nobody else. So that someday we can live like nobody else. And so we got out of debt. We uh, got down to cash and lived like nobody else for a while. And then built a nice big house in a great market and a great economy. And then sold it before the economy tanked. And obviously God's hand of providence was all over that. But that brought us to Virginia where we could then buy much more. And we wanted a place that was going to be good for a multi-generational perspective. And we were actually able to get a property that had seven or eight lots already divided up right next to each other with road frontage and ability to be developed. And uh, we didn't set out to build a commune. We, we <laughs> thought, hey, we may never build on any of these. And all of our kids that, uh, you know, all the kids know they have the freedom to move away. I just don't think any of them want to yet. Mm-hmm. Someone will at some point, I'm sure. But, oh, yeah. Um, God will call somebody somewhere. Yeah, we had our house, and then we had the cottage next door, which was a rental to young couples. Well, but, you know, that started it. Because when we moved there, it was a single-wide garage. Yeah. And we had young couples getting married in our church who were friends who were looking for affordable housing. Couldn't find much. And so we decided to provide that. Let's do that. With a, with <clears throat> a vision of, and someday, those young couples will be our kids. Our kids. And that way, they'll have a place, you know, a a starter. And here they are. Where they can not spend a lot of money and save money so they themselves can build or buy. Yeah. And then uh, we already mentioned that we had offered my mom Mm -hmm. to build her place. Uh, Your parents came along, said they were interested in living down here, and we 
were very interested in having them, but we knew they couldn't fit in that cottage for long. No. Not they comfortably. Were, they were troopers. They stayed there for longer than yeah. than now. So we built a house for them, and uh, they're, they're 100 feet away from our house, and the cottage is right in between. And Rich and Hannah are building on the far end, which is going to open up the cottage for somebody else. Maybe mm-hmm. one of the couples in the church, or maybe one of our kids will be ready for it. Yeah. And on and on it goes. Yes. <clears throat> and it's amazing to us. We don't sit here saying, see, look how well we planned and look how no. this has all happened just the way we expected. It's amazing to us, actually. Yeah. When we stop and think about it, it's just astounding what we have. Right. And it's, um, I mean, there's definitely, if you don't have godly desires, that that's, you know, I think this is a godly desire. And there was also, there were practical things that we had to do. And many of those involved inconveniencing ourselves. Sure. Like buying a house with less square footage. Yeah. With more land. Yeah. So, you know, reducing the size of our house, our physical house, by a third or more. Yeah, but that creates an infrastructure to build on for the future. (laughs) Right. So, you know, there was was some of that that we made very conscious decisions. Um, And yet, you know, I mean, one of the things I want to not say is... There's a lot of there's a lot of parents who would uh, parents of adult parents <laughs> who wouldn't even consider this as a good thing, and not to feel bad or to feel guilty because your parents don't want to come live near you. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a whole generation of Americans who've been taught a principle of complete separation and complete lack of dependence. I mean, even on the Lord, but especially on others. Which is where um, we could have five generations, honestly, because my, my grandmother is alive, um, and my parents offered her uh, a place in their home many, 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 many times. Yeah, and even in this new house. And she always refused. And she is in a nursing home now, and that's not because that's where my mom would ideally have her. My mom would have ideally been caring for her and have her be part of this loving family and to have the blessing of great grandchildren, great, great grandchildren who would love her and, and, and give her joy. But she has chosen not to do that. So So you you can't, you can't control it. No. And I, I just don't want people to be like, Oh man, you know, that. But on the other hand, um, I would say that there was a, a time when I don't think my parents thought that they would move to Virginia mm-hmm. and and live close to us. And God used Rich's accident and their time hanging out at our house helping during a crisis to sort of open their eyes to, we like these people. Yeah. <laughs> we like this situation. <clears throat> yeah. um, we like this church. You yeah. know, yeah. perhaps this is something where we could go and, and be a part and be able to serve and, and also be a part of the, the things going on there. I wanted to also just add in there, as we talk about uh, separating, that there is a biblical application of the leave and cleave principle Mm -hmm. uh, for a young couple, and there is a wooden application. Mm -hmm. Uh, When our sons married, they did not live in our homes. No. No. in fact, when they were first married, neither one even lived on the property. They lived somewhere else on their own at a place they secured with their wife, and we left them alone. 
Yes. Even when even when Rich and Hannah moved into the cottage, we left them alone. Yeah, I think Hannah probably sometimes feels like, what do I have to do to get them to come over here and visit me? <laughs> we'll ask. <laughs> Invite. Yeah. We just yeah. don't want to overstep the bounds. We're very cautious. Yeah. Yeah, because we understand that they need to have an independent household. That's right. And we also understand that, hey, this four-generation homestead can be a little overwhelming to some people. Yeah. And uh, but, but the wooden application is... Oh, you have to leave. So, so what does leave mean? You have to, yeah, you have I to mean, live far away. <laughs> is a mile away far enough away? Is 10 miles far away? Does it need to be a thousand miles? Does it need to be a different town, a different church? At some point, it becomes forced. And so, uh, uh, what I would call a wooden application. Uh, and I think there's wisdom in every household. Mm-hmm. You have to decide that. But ultimately, that's up to that household, that husband. Mm-hmm. to decide with the help of his wife what they're going to do. Yeah, there are some families that a thousand miles isn't far enough. Yeah. And then there are others. You know, I, I think I always think of um, Isaac and Abraham, and Isaac sent up another tent. <laughs> you know, I mean, you know, and yeah. there's no admonition in the Scripture that Isaac wasn't leaving and cleaving. Um, yeah, this is the covenant household. Right. You know, and I'm not talking covenant as in family. I'm talking covenant as in the body of Christ. Right, and it's it's also good to caution. Um, I know I have heard some express, you know, my generation express concern about their parents or what, their health or their choices or you know. And every once in a while, I'll just say, "They're my parents. It's not my job." <laughs> you know how they. You know whether I like you know, how they choose to eat or don't choose to eat or how they choose to make their decisions on their finances or their health care or their whatever. Um, that's not my job. That is not my job. And in the same way, I think sometimes with a multi-generational vision, there almost becomes a dynastic belief. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like, you're the godfather mm-hmm. and you know, everybody's supposed to fall in line mm-hmm. with your decisions. Mm-hmm. And again, not our job. Yeah. Not our job. And I'm thinking from, particularly from, you know, it would be the temptation in our generation, I think. You know, the ones who are caring for the older and have the younger. Um, it'd be easy to think that everybody's got to fall in line and we have a, you know, when something comes up, let's say at the church and there's some disagreement on what the best way is to proceed on something at the church. Yeah. We don't have to all agree on that. No. Now we're not the Uber patriarch, right? And so, just a little caution there that that's not what we're talking about, yeah. <laughs> because uh, that is an inc- you know that isn't leaving and cleaving. Yeah. Um, and I think particularly sometimes it happens when you have a daughter and a son-in-law, and the the daughter's family thinks they're going to kind of control him or something, you know. Yeah. Um, and yet at the same time, there's definitely great benefit, great strength in having many generations together, many perspectives, um, even experiences and wisdom and different different views coming together, I think we come out with a more mature and more robust Christian vision when we're not just looking at our small generation, mm-hmm. but when we have multi-generations coming together. So it's not about the 20-somethings. It's not about the the Gen next. You know, it's not, it's not just about this little generation. It's about um, from birth to the end of life. 
It's a, it's a full view that you don't get when you don't have a lot of rubbing of shoulders of all of those ages together. Yeah. Hi, this is Eric from Highlands. I hope you have enjoyed this podcast from Kara and Steve Murphy as much as I have. The Murphys have long written for our magazine, Every Thought Captive, and I'm thrilled that we're getting to hear even more from them as they seek to apply scripture to their everyday lives. The Murphys are just a part of the community of believers that make up the teaching at Highlands. We are adding new voices all the time as we seek to learn from each other about what God would have us to be and how he would have us to live. You can find this podcast and all our other resources on our website at highlandsministriesonline.org. I value your feedback. You are who we are here for. If you have any questions or comments or concerns, please don't hesitate to email me at info at highlandsministriesonline.org. 